Hey there, everybody. What's up? Welcome back to Hail Yes, a Detroit Free Press podcast about University of Michigan athletics. I'm Tony Garcia, Michigan football and basketball writer for The Free. I'm joined by our Big Ten insider, Reiner Sabin, who covers both Michigan and Michigan State for us. Yet, curiously, Reiner, I did not see you when Michigan played Michigan State this weekend in Chrysler. That's true. I was in abstentia, so I uh, did not watch the uh, game in person. Uh, did catch some of the uh, broadcast, though, and so uh, saw that uh, Gus Johnson was rather uh, effusive in his praise of Michigan and Michigan football and Sharon Moore. Yeah, that that those remarks did certainly uh, draw, I, I, I guess, quite quite the reaction. I was watching it, so at Chrysler, they had the little mini TVs. Uh, I was on, so you could see a replay. I was, I was trying to turn turn the volume up, but it was it was hard to hear in live time. I I said have since watched it back, but I I, I, mi- I missed it when it was uh, when it was all going down that night. Um, but it's okay, you are forgiven um, because uh, for for not for not attending. Although you said you're in abstent, I, I don't. I, is that just a fancy way of saying you're absent? Are you using <laughs> yeah, I was absent. Okay, I was okay. okay. Yeah. I was like I was like, man, I know. I mean, we know we know this guy's. Uh, uh, his vernacular, the vocabulary is just out of this world, but but I didn't expect to get schooled 30 seconds in. And also, we, uh, we have, of course, have, uh, have Andrew Burkle here uh, helping us run the show as well. And I'll bring him in with uh, Andrew. You remember a few episodes ago, uh, we, were, we had a very mini debate about January versus February. Uh, I don't anybody who is on that January train, you're not allowed outside. Over the next 10 days, it's 50 <laughs> degrees, six of the next 10 days, you sit inside and you just think about those, those January days when it's at, when the sun sets at 5 PM, that, that for some reason, everybody uh, was, was fighting for, I, which what, side did you fall on? Oh, I was team team February is the worst for sure. Um, but you got lucky. You got lucky. The weather's been amazing this February. I have to say, but when, when Reiner said that he was in uh, absentia, I was like, I was like, Oh, it's uh was that is that like New York or is that like <laughs> not the same? <laughs> I, it sounds like it sounds, sounds like, like a, Buffalo like a area. Town. Oh, well, yeah. I thought like a UP town, like Escanaba, right? Like, oh, you know, it's right, like yeah. right, it's, it's, uh, it's in the upper yeah. peninsula between Marquette and Escanaba. It's absentia. But <laughs> turns out Tony and I are both just idiots and runners, <laughs> the brains of the group. So yeah, it's shocking. Oh, I don't even know if I used it actually that correctly. So I mean, maybe <laughs> I'm, I, I'm uh, yeah, I'm actually wondering. If, yeah, I'm wondering <laughs> if I actually even used it correctly. So maybe I'm I'm the idiot in this whole thing. So wow. Yeah, All right. Yeah, well, in so. any event, Reiner. Mm-hmm. Uh, was not there, but I don't know how much more there is to discuss. Of course, he saw it. Of course, we were all tuned in, and Sean Windsor was there with us. I was there. Chris Solari, our Michigan State free, uh, beat, uh, beat writer. So, I mean, do did we need uh, uh, four people to to cover an eight and eighteen team? Right. I mean, uh, it was just another uh, another tough finish. Uh, uh, Michigan. I, I was pretty impressed, frankly, through fi- thirty five minutes. I don't think Michigan State played their best, but I mean, Michigan scratched, clawed. They found themselves down nine early. F- fought their way back, took an early second half lead. What else is new? Uh, it, it evaporated. What else is new? Um, and really the, those, those final seven minutes, uh, not scoring a point, turning the ball over six times, 22 turnovers. Uh, but we don't need to go much more through the game that, that, that happened uh, four, four days ago. Um, but we will use it, I suppose, as a jumping off point uh, since 
uh, that felt like yet another low point. Um, but uh, we are recording this uh, about 11 a.m. Wednesday, February 21st. A couple hours ago, um, an email hit the inboxes. Olivier Kamwa, uh, the forward transfer, doesn't feel like much of a transfer anymore. He's been a leader all year this uh, this season uh, from Tennessee. He uh, He's out for the season. Uh, he has undergone left uh, surgery on his left wrist. And uh, Reiner, I mean, just I'm not sure what the, the hits keep coming. He was uh, top two in uh, their only player who was top two in rebounding and scoring a roster that was thin, a team that's been suffering a lot of losses. Another one here. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, obviously not good news for Michigan basketball, but what else is new? I mean, this season's been pretty much a disaster on every front and uh it just continues to get worse. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no, there's not much hope left for the season, and that was probably factored in the equation why, why push himself through this uh, when it's unnecessary. It's not going to necessarily help the team make a kind of late run or what have you at this stage of the season. So, I mean, it's uh, seems pretty uh, uh, logical ultimately that they. Oh, I came to the conclusion that he just needed to get the surgery. Yeah, and not that you were implying it, but certainly I would not see. I mean, anybody who knows Olivier Kamwan knows this is not a quitting on the no, team but I mean sort 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 of move. And I'm not saying you were implying yeah, that. No, but no, just, but but when when there's when there's time left, uh, and and like there was no obvious injury that like that was like he was just on the court on Saturday, right? But I think yeah. uh, I think this is something he's been fighting through um for for some time now. And uh the numbers would would sort of back that up, right? Uh, I mean I mean he finished the season with really great numbers. Uh, 14.8 points per game, 7.1 rebounds, shooting better than 50% from the floor. But over the last eight games, he was averaging less than 10 a game. Uh, and just like six and a half rebounds. Uh, and he was shooting, he made, I think, like 32 of 73. So he was shooting 44% over the last month, which means prior to that, he was shooting like 55%, averaging closer to 16 and a half, 17 a game. So, uh, and I remember, I remember particularly, there was one loose ball. Um, there were a number of loose balls uh, this this last weekend, but there was one where it looked like Olivier could have <laughs> Andrew, don't you dare! Where Olivier Kamwa could have could have uh, like reached for it with with both hands, uh, but he but he only he only went for it with with ju- with just with just his right, and uh, it was it was a subtle thing, but he just and I mean seven turnovers, he just didn't look right, and and I've thought that for for some for some amount of games now. Uh, but I mean, you never want to insult someone just because I mean, maybe they're off, right? Maybe they're missing. It's not like, Hey, are you okay? Like, uh, so, I mean, he, he was never obviously laboring, but something has just not seemed right. The, the numbers back it up. And now this news today tells sort of the story. Yeah. I mean, again, uh, it, it, it's also a thing where maybe, you know, again, he, he's talking to, uh, Juwan Howard and, you know, Howard obviously knows how the NBA draft process works and, you know, getting himself ready in time for the, you know, the pre-draft stuff and and uh, getting teams uh, aware that, you know, obviously he's already on the mend and and has already corrected the issue that's that's, you know, hurting him before the before the actual uh, NBA draft happens. So this gives him some time to to go through a recovery and maybe get back to full strength, uh, in time for those, uh, much needed combine workouts that you end up having, uh, before the draft. Yep. Three, three to four months timeline, uh, for, for full recovery, uh, 
is what was in. So yeah, in, so that's in, like in the release. Yeah. So, exactly. So I, th- I so, think you hit the nail on the head, right? And he stuck. I mean, it feels like the right time. I mean, he stuck it out all the way through. If he if he has been going through this for the past month or so, I would have loved to would love to ask Jalan about it. Uh, but um, the team spokesman said it does not seem like we are going to have an availability today. So no chance to ask about that. Just and just you you want to see. I mean, of course, with respect to the privacy of the player, I mean of of the medical stuff. But of course, there's going to be a back and forth about when you make this decision. And he he stayed all the way through the Michigan State game, right? And even when they were eight and seventeen, uh, and clearly nothing is happening. They will be playing on Wednesday in the Big Ten tournament. They will not be going to the NCAA tournament. They will not be going to the NIT tournament. Uh, and so that's a, 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 but but Olivier Kamwa could be an NBA basketball player, right? And so. There's, I mean, there is a serious uh, calculus that has to go on there. But then when you sort of <laughs> revert it back to what it means for this team, right? Uh, I think it's twofold bad, which is, again, not new news, right? Because not only are you losing Olivier, who is so vital to, 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 ever, to the, any success that this team has had, but there doesn't seem to be, I mean, yeah, sure, you can fill his minutes, right, with Trey Jackson here. Uh, I guess maybe Will Cheddar out of position a little bit. They had been playing him more at the five. Maybe Jace Howard is back after what he's gone through. Maybe you can fill some of these minutes at the, at the four. But it's not like last year's situation when Jalen Llewellyn was hurt. And it's like, man, this is really bad. But, hey, our freshman point guard is going to get some trial by fire. He is going to get – he's going to learn. And next year he will be, or so we think, the better for it. Uh I don't know. This doesn't seem to benefit anyone long term on on the roster, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, again, I think that this whole roster has been somewhat patchwork anyway, and so I mean, the the four position was never anything. I mean, we were talking, I think, before the season about that being an issue uh, with the team. Uh, well, I mean, it, that was know? kind of what they addressed. I mean, last yeah. year it was a horrendous issue, and by right. getting a right. comma yeah. and a right. trade jack, and you're right, it was patchwork, right. but it's like some combination of this <laughs> figures to have to work for them. right and so yeah i mean and so that was always going to be an you know an issue if you know should you know come go down like because that was a problem last season you know all throughout last year and so they didn't have a four uh, uh to run you know to play alongside you know hunter dickinson and such so i mean like yeah i think that uh again i mean this team has been poorly constructed all throughout, I mean, they don't have guys necessarily waiting in the wings. Some of the younger players don't look like they're developing at the same rate that some of the the guys that he previously had, like you know the Kobe Buffkins and and uh, you know I'm, I'm trying to think who else um, would be a good example. Even Dickinson, I mean, you know, did, you know, developed over the course, especially you know from the outside game perspective. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of y- younger guys that. Uh, he didn't really you don't see that development track I mean particularly Kayet I mean that's that's a guy that just doesn't seem like he's making any progress whatsoever and where's the George Washington you know the third guy I mean he hasn't you know (laughs) he's gone I mean it's like you know he's He's on my dollar bill, but you know that's, that's about it. President's Day weekend. Uh, uh, oh, very good. It is President's uh, Day weekend. No, and no, it's it's a good point, and and of course, not not laughing at at, at, no. at George or, or any yeah. or or at, at the circumstance, but it's it's just it was a good joke. Um, and 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 no, it's uh, it's 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 too true. Uh, I mean, he and he was 
And the problem is he was their only incoming freshman, right? And he was not even a top 100 consensus recruit. Uh, and what he was known for is scoring the ball. This team is scoring the ball, and but they're not playing defense, right? So you'd think maybe he'd be contributing to that. It's just uh, – now, you don't want to be too hard. He is just a freshman. Um, people develop at different rates over time. But uh, Doug McDaniel was away for all these away games, and they have no true ball handler. So you would think it would have given all the opportunity, right, in in, in order to to create that situation. So so it's it's tough. Um one person I would say who has uh, developed this year uh, and who has taken that step forward, and I think this puts more pressure on him, not that there's really all that much he can – there's only so much you can do, especially like a game like tomorrow on Thursday, right? No Doug McDaniel, no Olivier Cumois. I can give you a pretty good sense of how that game's going to go, right? Just mm-hmm. feel, feel pretty three. safe about uh, – yeah, yeah, three, <laughs> three and 13. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, but – uh, but but the, the the silver lining has been uh, it, this adds more pressure to him. But Terrace Reed uh, ha- has been quite good lately. Uh, he is one of those guys who maybe early in the season you are wondering, man, like is he is he going to to sort of take that step? Because uh, through nine games, he was averaging six point six points and six point six points. That's tough to say, and and six point one rebounds. Right. And so and this is when he was stepping in for Hunter Dickinson, who you mentioned earlier, leaving a pretty big void. And people sort of thought that this might be his time. Uh, It didn't look like it early. However, um, he's I mean, he's really coming into his own Uh, in the in the 17 games since then. He's averaging ten and a half points and seven point seven rebounds. And uh, in the last nine games, it's eleven points. And just shy of nine rebounds. So eleven and nine over his last nine games. Uh, he's really, uh, I mean, I mean, he's been working. Uh, and I guess, <laughs> are they going to need even more from him? I mean, it's not like he plays the four, right? But just now, more minutes, more production. The ball's got to go somewhere. Uh, could see even more increased role for um, for Terrace. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, you know certainly. Seems to be the case. I think he's also obviously developed his, you know, performance at the foul line. I mean, he can make free throws much more consistently than he did before that. That's obviously a key when you're a big man down down low. You're going to get a lot of, um, you know, uh, hacks and and such to force you to the free throw line. So that was a part of his game that he's developed, and he's probably added a few points to his ledger just by virtue of being better at the free throw line than he was. Um, uh, the other aspect, I think, again, is just the fact that uh, there's really no other outlet, especially on the road, you know, necessarily for the, for offense. I mean, unless you're relying on, you know, a guy like maybe Jalen Llewellyn or such. I mean, and, you know, it's, uh, he's, he's your best bet, you know, especially on uh, with Doug McDaniel not being able to play those games, I guess. And so it's uh, – uh, either, and, and either, not- yeah, either produce high percentage shots down low, or you try to shoot from the outside. And I mean, yeah, and I'm sorry to step on you, but it's not clear if Terrence Williams is going to play yeah. either, right? Yeah, I mean, right. You, I mean, those are if T if T Will is out, also those are Michigan's three top offensive options: <laughs> Doug, Olivier, and Terrence, and and there are only eight players deep, really. So then you'd be playing with, with with five guys, and so, uh, and the while it is great 
that Terrace has taken this sophomore step, um, which you would hope to see. I mean, you, you needed to see some sort of development uh, for someone within the program, right? Especially a big uh, to in order to convince these bigs to keep coming uh, and, and and join and try to turn the program back around. Uh, his game is not such that he, it's one where you can just play through him and he can just like, oh, we need to go fill the offense, right? Like there is a limit to how much you can play in the post, how much he can do. He still needs to like, he kind of just has the one jab step and turn. He needs to develop a second move whenever he goes for, for sort of, I've seen him clear through that up and under a little bit. I've seen him travel on it <laughs> certainly more than I've seen it work. Uh, and so it's, it's just another layer to it, but I think, uh, maybe perhaps the last basketball thought before uh, we take a break and then and then get on to, to to some football thoughts. I think if there is a defining matchup in this game against Northwestern, uh, which a, a Northwestern basketball game in the middle of February in a lost season might not be what someone is looking at as a measuring stick, but it really should be right because think about where Michigan was five years ago and where Northwestern was five years ago uh, in complete, op- literally complete opposite spots. Uh, Michigan was on top of the big 10 Northwestern was the worst program in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what has changed since then? Boo booey. Uh, Northwestern got the best player in the history of its program. Now that seems that's a very easy recipe, right? Find the best player. Uh, like, But I'm not saying go find a five-star, go find the next. And boo booey is, I mean, maybe he'll have an NBA career, but he's not going to be – I don't see Boo Booey as an NBA all-star. Uh, that's not. He doesn't have that next-level game. It's why he returned for a, fit, for a fifth season. Um, but he is a program guy. He is – he bought into, uh, into the coach, into the system. He developed every year. I mean, imagine having a fifth-year guard who just last year, he led, he led Northwestern to their second NCAA tournament ever, right? right? And now this year – he is scoring more. He is averaging more points, more rebounds, more assists on a better field goal percentage, a career best field goal percentage, career best three point shooting percentage, and a career high assists. And he is turning it over less than last season. I mean, and then, and then you juxtapose it against Michigan's guard position, which they have one full time guard, full time ball handler available in Jalen Llewellyn. And he is playing essentially on one leg while McDaniel is unavailable. Yeah. I mean, again, I think again, if it, college basketball, I mean, again, having a guy who's that productive, who's playing five years is extremely rare anyway. I mean, you know, especially with the way that the transfer portal is going on and, and, and such, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's become more rare. And if you can find those guys, it's extremely valuable to your program. Obviously, that's part of the reason why the mid majors have made such big gains on the uh, on the high major programs at the at the in the NCAA tournament is because a lot of those teams have those kind of guys that are a little bit they're not quite NBA players, and so they're not leaving early, and so they accrue experience. I mean, when you see like programs like Wichita State and Florida Atlantic, and you know teams like that that you know, don't have those top end players, but they're, they're good players and they stay a long time. That veteran experience ends up having a much bigger impact over the course of the year. And so, uh, or over the, you know, the course of the time of their careers. And so by the time that they are 
you know, fully matured, I mean, they have a huge advantage over, uh, uh, you know, other teams. And in this case, I mean, Northwestern benefits by having a, a player who's really, really good, but also has been there a long time and has the know-how to beat, you know, some of these teams and, you know, has also developed chemistry with his teammates that, you know, guys at Michigan have not. Uh, I actually wanted to ask you guys about this. I didn't even put it on the, the document of things we could possibly talk about. But did you guys see this weekend, this past weekend uh, during the All-Star game, Adam Silver was asked about uh, the, the future of the G League and the G League Ignite, which was kind of their counter to college basketball. And he kind of said with the NIL and, and everything that's that, you know, players can get paid now and, you know, you have really good infrastructure in college. They might not even have a future for the G League Ignite. Reiner, I, you're kind of a big picture guy. So I was curious, did you see that? And did you, do you have any thoughts about like if that actually yeah. could mean college basketball as weird as it is right now? Is it kind of weirdly kind of finding water and getting back to, to something that could have value? Potentially. I mean, you know, I, I, but at the same token, I mean, I think the problem is, is again, the transfer portal has made it so that uh, college basketball has become really hard for people to follow year to year. I mean, like not knowing who is on your roster. I mean, again, it's rare that you have these guys staying, you know, three, four years in one program and, you know, the enjoyment out of being able to see some of the guy develop over the course of his career at one place has been taken out. And so whether that gets resolved, I, I don't know if the appeal of college basketball is going to be there. Plus the difference between the NBA and college basketball is so stark. I mean, when you look at, uh, the shot making ability at the pro level. It, it didn't use, the gap didn't used to be there because again, you had the star players playing three, four years. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, I remember like that 94 North Carolina team. I mean, you had basically five legit NBA players all in the starting lineup that were there for three or four years. I mean, and that was, that was what college basketball looked like pre Kevin Garnett going into the draft. And that was, and that's the last time it really was like at that level. And ever, it's been a, in a slow decline ever since then. And now you, again, you look at the NCAA tournament. I mean, it's a perfect example. I mean, yeah, it's great that those teams upset, you have know, the upsets on the first weekend, but when those teams are advancing all the way to the final four, like Butler mm-hmm. and San Diego state and those kind of, I mean, it just, it's not the last same. Year's, and, last year's final four was the absolute worst. I mean, nobody wants to see Florida Atlantic, uh, Miami, San Diego State, and UConn. Uh, yeah. I guess UConn is, is at least the one. No, no, you're to- you're totally right. Um, and but and and there is something to be said uh, for continuity because you don't because you don't watch those. Te- the, the problem is you don't watch those teams until maybe the tournament, and that's the problem. It's like you have no familiarity with Miami or San Diego State or Florida Atlantic really until the tournament, and so like. It's not it's not interesting. And so, like, for all those people that invested all the time in watching North Carolina Duke and to see them not even go anywhere or, you know, uh, a Kansas or whatever, I mean, usually Kansas advances in the tournament. But, you know, my point, same with Michigan State. Like, if Michigan State doesn't make it to the, uh, you know, second weekend, it's, a, it's considered disappointing. And then you, the fans are left wondering, like, why I wasted all my time watching this, you know, through the season. And so, I mean, and – that's the problem, though, is like you don't know what you're going to have season to season and which teams to follow because college basketball has become so messed up because, again, you have 
some of these smaller programs that are able to keep guys four years. And so they're going to be much more experienced and better able to play come tournament time. But then you have these blue blood programs with the higher end athletes, but they're just not able to develop quick enough to be able to. But now those blue team. blood programs are, are poach. I mean, what's happening is the, these four year guys are not staying at these smaller schools anymore. Right. I mean, that's like, true. Like a Tyson true, Walker but- going from Northeastern to Michigan state type of thing. I mean, I mean, you're going to see that all the time, especially because NCAA president Charlie Baker just came out and said they're not looking to have a uh, a cap on the amount of time student athletes can transfer. Right. Like it's if it's going to be. Like oh, yeah, sure. Market. Well, then. And, but and, again, but again, it's never going to resolve itself be- for those blue blood programs, because like, again, I see, you know, at a place like where I went to school, Arkansas, they flip over the roster every year and it's a crapshoot every year what they're going to do. I mean, sometimes they're able to get it together by March. This year, they aren't. I mean, they're 13 and 13, and they're not very good, and they, they don't really have the chemistry, and they haven't developed. And, you know, that's what happens. I mean, you got these teams that just literally flip their roster. And so you need some of those guys like Boo Booey that are around for five years, who, you know, and that I think that's the – if you can, if you can under-recruit and maybe get those four stars – and, and keep them on campus for four years, then you have your best shot at winning the NCAA tournament. Plus, it's better better for your fan base. Isn't that kind of what happened to Michigan this year? I mean, they kind yeah. of out of desperation when Hunter Dickinson left. Um, but, sure. You know, you're bringing in wild cards, right? Yeah. You know, you know you're bringing Burnett and, uh, you know, Olivier and, like, those guys. Like, they're just kind of wild cards, and they, you know, they end up being pretty good players, but – they're kind of turning, they're kind of flipping it over. And I think it like the more, the more we, you know, kind of figure out this portal uh, we've seen it kind of in football too, is you need to use the portal to supplement. You can't, it can't be your, your yeah. building block. Yes. You know what I mean? And, 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 you have to use, and you have to use it to supplement, right? Like, like because yes. you see the Dabo Sweeney's or in football, you mentioned football, or we just mentioned this school, Tom Izzo in Michigan state. They just lost at home to Iowa last night yep. because mm-hmm. they don't have a center. Right. Because yep. he wouldn't. Because he wouldn't yeah. go to the portal, and that will be their downfall in March. Uh, I saw. I saw. Really, the that- reason Michigan. Should, Michigan. I don't know about should have beat him, but could have beat him. Uh, yeah, well, I saw someone saying that basically 63, Carson, 63. <laughs> Yeah, Carson Cooper mm-hmm. and Madi Sissoko and somewhat Jackson Kohler, like those guys are MSU's big men and. Those guys are essentially Mac lo- Mac level centers right now, mm. and and so I saw someone tweeting that I don't I'm, you know I don't remember who it was, uh, but it's it, I, st- I started thinking about it. I'm like that's not far off you know that's really that's yeah. essentially why you that they seem so overmatched you know what I mean and, yeah. and you see it and so that's why the supplement and that the only reason we're talking about that is is because of the supplemental fact and, you, and exactly. why and so that it, it needs to be done. Yeah, you have to supplement some, but that's what happens when the development is not fully there. like it, there, the grass is always greener. But it's why in life, when you find yourself on too far of either extreme, like Michigan State is right now, just we're a developmental program and not enough going to the portal or Michigan, which seems to be clearly in a worse situation and living and dying, largely dying by the portal. You got to find that middle ground. And they're, they're far from the only teams going through it. Uh, and, and obviously they're not going through it to, to the same extent, but, uh, but it's just, yeah, I, I mean, right. it's, it's just another brutal, brutal, uh, break for, uh, for, I mean, let's call it what it is, what it is in, at least in the modern day, this is the worst basketball season in Michigan, in Michigan basketball history. I didn't watch a ton of Michigan basketball during the LRB 
Amriker period. I but, was, I mean, I, so I was a young, I was a young boy growing up in Ann Arbor. So I can't, and, I can't fully make that. Not fun. I, I mean, yes, you I know, well, no, well, I know that. Michigan yeah, well, I know that. Yeah. Michigan basketball was not a thing when I yeah. when I was growing up in, in in Ann Arbor. Like literally, literally. Um, yeah. My both but of the, my parents even, worked at the university at the university at the time. Uh, my dad still does, but I mean, and 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 like we had season football tickets. Second, like the the whole the whole thing. They were un, almost unaware of of basketball, and that's on the heels of the Fab Five. I mean, the Fab the Fab Five was only not even a full decade. Like depending on what part of the ninety eight to two thousand and eight run you're talking about now by the time it was like oh four oh five and daniel horton and deon harris got back they then they started right. to have a pulse and with, i was gonna say Brent those, those and, teams that like when we were in like you know younger tony not like not in the late 90s early 2000s but like when we were kind of in like that grade school era where it was like they were at least qual- either in the nit or close to the nit right and, i mean they won this they won the nit in, the one year won that. because and, and, and you know, they, they, kind of of, they kind of got made fun of for the winning the nit what for, was that 2004 or something i can't remember yeah it yeah. was they but they would have been in the tournament however they were serving like a punishment from mm-hmm. previous regime and so so they went to the NIT and then they won it. I think Daniel Horton that year set a big 10 record for most consecutive made free throws. We might want to, we can look that up on the break. I think he made like 43 consecutive free throws or something in a row. That's no, no, what you call that. That's a sports kid memory right there. You just remember some random stat from when you were a kid. <laughs> I remember you this. Do. And then it's you like, do. I also, like, yes, here's one more. I remember watching a Michigan basketball game against Duke uh, in my basement. Uh, we had just moved to my new house. So I was like eight years old. Carlos Boozer was on the team. Maybe it's like, oh, one. And then uh, I was like, Carlos loser. And I thought like I said in front of my mom, I thought I was going to get in a lot of trouble. And she actually laughed. Uh, that's there's another one of those memories. All right. That's enough. Um, <laughs> on the other side, we got to take a break. Pay some bills on the other side. Uh, we're not talking about Carlos loser. We're talking about uh, Michigan football. Uh, people coming out, uh, people coming in or staying. Uh, and then a whole lot of people at the combine. Uh, so don't go anywhere. This is hell. Yes. All right, and we are back, and not quite as busy a week uh, as the as the week prior, or really many of the weeks uh, have been uh, post national championship. Whether that be Jim Harbaugh leaving, Sharon Moore getting hired, Wink Martindale, uh, etc. I'm not going to go through uh, through everything that's happened. Uh, however, we will uh, catch you up on what I think might be the biggest news of this past week. Uh, and that is a rather talented young man, Keon Sab, defensive back, a safety, uh, has transferred to Alabama. Reiner, your thoughts? You did this. You did this, didn't you? With with all your Alabama contingent, uh, who you were I, who you were ballyhooing around with at the Rose Bowl. Uh, I think Courtney Morgan did this. I mean, he was yeah. the uh, he was his lead he recruiter. Was a, yeah, yeah, he was a, yeah. And when at Michigan, and he's a Michigan alum who's now at Alabama after Kalen DeBoer took the job there. So I think there was a lot of that going on, uh, and the connection there probably persisted uh, until now, leading to the transfer. I, Presumably, and then that's uh, it's a it's a loss for for Michigan. I mean, again, uh, you know, Michigan had incredible depth uh, defensively. Uh, that's slowly uh, evaporating. They still have a really good core 
defense, but they're not going to have the depth that they had this past season. Uh, I mean, as illustrated by the fact that, I mean, again, the entire team, uh, 18 players have been taken off of it to go to the NFL combine, uh, which uh, again was pretty remarkable, but that's, that's the level of depth that they had. And Keon Sab was another piece of that. I mean, you know, that's, that's a guy that you could play at the nickel, play at safety, uh, you know, potentially would have started with Bakari Page and Rod Moore in some kind of uh, formation alignment uh, that they would have possibly thrown out there. And and now he's not available. Uh, and that's, you know, that's the consequences of what you have with the transfer portal. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and new and new age football, uh, an Alabama yeah. con- collective is the, is the one who announced uh, that Keon Sab was coming. So just yeah. take, that, take that for what it's worth. Um but but yeah no I mean it makes sense on the one hand uh, I mean he was like I think he might have been the highest rated recruit in his class if not he was one of them maybe Will Johnson actually I guess but he was he was top, he was a top 100 recruit uh, nationally um, when, when he came to Michigan and uh, had had a great year this last year a couple picks uh, he start, he started some games had a career high six tackles in the in the national championship game right and uh, and I think you're right I liked him as as the the fill in for for Mikey Sanders still, right? Uh, I mean, to follow Dax Hill and Mikey Sanders still, someone is going to have to be a supreme athlete uh, or, or uh, have some big feet to fill those shoes. But uh, but I mean, Sab was extremely athletic. He's got I mean, great ball skills, good run support as well. Uh, I mean, I, I thought he was a, a good option to do that. Um, but obviously, when uh, when Rod and Macari returned, he just. I mean, safety is maybe his his natural spot, right? And sure. uh, and he just he wants a, a a full-time role and Michigan also has seemed to like Jaden McBurrows for what it's well, worth. And here's the cra- And here's the crazy thing. I mean, Keon Sab may not have transferred to Alabama if Ohio State doesn't take Caleb Downs from Alabama. So I mean, Ohio State may have actually forced a Michigan transfer uh, and hurt himself. I mean, playing 3D chess right there. So wow. it's actually pretty interesting to see, you know, how this whole thing works out and the dominoes of everything. Yeah, yeah, and and really the only one left, sort of holding the bag, is, is Michigan, um, right? Like, yeah, because they they now they're the one who needs to because oh, Bama filled its spot, Ohio State filled its spot. Now uh, Michigan. Will uh will will need to do the same now. So Reiner, do you think this is a so uh, quick? I mean, th- the whole defensive staff is gone, right? Mm-hmm. Defensive backs coach, defensive line coach, linebackers coach, uh, coordinator, all gone. Is this the first of many to come, or do you think this is more of a one-off thing? Because you were talking with uh someone who's expected to be a starter on this unit, right? Mm-hmm. And uh who has his own thoughts about why he is or isn't doing his making these types of decisions. Yeah, no, he, Josiah Stewart, uh, who transferred in from coastal Carolina before last season, uh, seemed pretty confident that, you know, guys are pretty comfortable with the transition. Uh, the fact that Sharon Moore has really emphasized to them that they're trying to keep everything the same or as much the same as they possibly can. I mean, that's been in, you know, and seeing through his move to hire Justin Tress uh, as a strength and conditioning coach, who's Ben Herbert's right-hand man, 
you know, the fact that he brought in Week Martindale, who is familiar with the Ravens' defensive scheme that Jesse Minter ran and uh, first was instituted by Mike McDonald, uh, the previous defensive coordinator. So, I mean, uh, they feel comfortable. He said that, you know, again, players were, you know, not panicking when all this stuff went down uh, and that, you know, Mike Sand was still uh, also kind of told the players to kind of wait and see and assess everything and make, make sure that uh, things kind of get settled before making any kind of rash decision. Don't be emotional about it. That was the words that, you know, Sarah still kind of uh, passed along to the players. And so I think there, that there's going to be a wait and see mode here. And now, could I see potential windows closing though? Right, yeah, but right? I can, well, no, I mean the windows well, initially, initially, but they'll be reopening after the spring. And I think that's where you're going to see possible defections. If they are going to happen are going to happen after spring, because they're going to get a feel for what the defense looks like, what their role is going to be like in the defense and whether it, you know, feels good to them. And so they'll make their call after the spring practice, which, uh, you know, again, that second portal window could be a big one for Michigan uh, depending on what happens. But so far, they've only lost, you know, two players, really, um, you know, Reese Atterbury and Keon Sab. So uh, there's not really any kind of incentive to, to go now because you can't really enroll uh, uh, usually in time to be able to start your semester at this point anyway. So, like, it's uh, – uh, the question is whether they're going to be able to uh, – or going to stay along – you know, past the spring practice period. And so that's, that's the big, that's the big unknown. And so I think uh, right now the players though, don't seem to be terribly concerned that they're going to be raided by these other programs, but who knows? I mean, we'll, we'll see how, you know, Wink Martindale uh, adjusts to Michigan's defense and whether uh, the defensive players take a liking to him. Right, and and the the defensive side of the ball is the one they are concerned with holding on to, right? Because there's not sure. a ton proven to hold on to on offense because they've already left. Um, right. I would expect them to be aggressive more on the try to add a couple uh, of linemen in particular. I wouldn't be surprised. And another, well, I think uh, quarterback, it, quarterback, yes, right, yeah, yeah. There, there we go. That's where <laughs> that's where we were headed. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, that's that's the main question uh, of the, of the offseason. Does Michigan have uh, their quarterback of the season already on its roster right now, or are they going to go to the portal? Uh, and now they do. Reiner have one more option uh, now as we're recording than they did a week ago. The NCAA has granted Jack Tuttle uh, a waiver for a seventh season of eligibility. Um, he. Completed. I mean, he was pretty good last year in limited mop-up time, 15 of 17, 130 yards, one touchdown, no turnovers. I think he ran four times, 35 yards. But that was all – Michigan brought him in as a backup at best, right? He was never going to be the guy last year. Uh, what do you make of his chances this year? Uh, and I think before even that, I, I know you probably have some thoughts about <laughs> about the idea of him even being on the roster. Yeah, I, nothing I mean, I, personal. nothing personal. Yeah, it's nothing personal, but I think it's kind of ridiculous that a person who, you know, was in the same class as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, who have been in the NFL for three years, you know, starting for their respective franchises for that period, uh, 
is about to play another year of college football at the age of 25. I mean, I think the NCAA should have put a cap on if you start your enrollment, you only have six years to complete it. And that's no exceptions. You just, I mean, it's tough luck, but I mean, it's not fair for a 25 year old to be playing against 18 year olds. It just isn't. I mean, the, the difference between, you know, level of athleticism, I mean, not level of, I mean, just development, you know, physical development is, is substantial. Even, even the mental side of the game. I mean, it's not the same, a 25 year old playing against an 18 year old. It's much more comparable once you get past college to 22 versus 25, 26. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's bizarre that the NF, the NCAA continues to allow these exceptions. And, you know, I mean, it's, I guess it's good for Michigan that, they have another quarterback uh, who's got all this uh, quote, quote unquote experience. But again, Jack Tuttle hasn't ever proven that he's necessarily worthy of this opportunity in any of this period. I don't know why the NCAA just feels like it, it you know, it needs to grant him that opportunity. You know, they had the chance to do that with Talia Tunga Bailoa, and they didn't do that. Uh, even though I, I think apparently Nick Saban wrote a letter on his behalf, you know, and they, they didn't do that. And, you know, you know, Talia was much more valuable to to Maryland than than Jack Tuttle was to Michigan, and so yeah, I I just I mean, from my perspective, he's also a progress stopper potentially for Jaden Denigal, Alex Orgy, and potentially Jaden Davis. So um, yeah, I, I'm not not a necessarily fan of this kind of ruling. Again, I think it you know bastardizes the whole meaning of college football. I mean, we want to watch you know, 18 to 20 year, two year old athletes. That's who we expect to see. Not, not somebody who can rent a car. Right. I hear you. I hear you. I just, when you feel for Jack, like, I also feel for Jack Tuttle, you know, like he went through, like, I mean, he's had, he's had some career ending. I mean, he had a COVID year. He had a career, like uh, not career ending, but like, uh, like a couple of season ending injuries. Um, He did have, he did transfer initially from Utah to Indiana before everything. So he had to sit like, you know, and I hear you. I, I could see it both ways. A lot of time. A lot I of mean, time he's a also a perfect time. example of the itinerant player that just bounces around from program to program to program, trying to find well, that. He, I, mean, it, it, I mean, but it's like, you, you get, it's truly like, hurting by, by, by him being allowed to play again. And I mean, I would almost see it the opposite way, right? If Talia was given some seventh year of ridiculous, it's like, dude, like you are way too good for this level. You've been doing this forever. Like, why are you still allowed to be here? Like Jack Tuttle is not going to win anybody anything, but he is going to make lifelong relationships, change his own life, like change his own life and, and, and have one last season to play in football. Right, like Jack Tuttle's not going to the NFL. I would be surprised. <laughs> um, right. I mean, although, although, yeah, I mean, Tim Boyle, right, has gone to the NFL, so you never know. But just, I mean, there's a point, though. I mean, that, that you just have maybe to I, I just want to play ball, Reiner. I want I to mean, play ball. Well, that, so I that want my I want my eligibility to like. I I still think about that. I mean, I'm not like it's it's funny. Like, am I allowed it, to go play D three? Mm-hmm. Am I? I mean, I, like, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't but, know. Like, I mean, I, or, or am I, I assume so because he didn't play. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can go play. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how that. 
I wish, I wish so badly I want to play D3. I mean, I feel like any rules, I think anything is possible nowadays in college football. I mean, I would have people surprised. must know, Tony. Yeah. What sport? What sport are you going to play I, D3 and quitting the free press to go do? I mean, I no, think if I, they go I, to, I, I think that if they go to employment model, you can see guys coming back from the NFL to play for their colleges. I mean, Johnny Manziel playing for AM and you know, Derek, because I mean, what are they gonna do to restrict that? Age limits? I mean, you yeah. can't you can't do once, age. No, once you, you go, or or a stipulation. Once you play, if you ever play in the NFL, you're not allowed to play here again. If you ever play why X-Files, why why what, how is that legal though? I mean, it's like because it becomes an employment issue, and then you can say like a job. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. I'm not open. I, I, I would think that would be it feels just, very yeah. obvious and easy. To I mean, say you're once gonna you see, leave college, you can't go to the league and come. You're gonna see 39 year old Derrick Henry played for Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> that, I mean that would be fun, like a washed, a washed up league. But Andrew, I don't know. To get back to your question, uh, there's it's bowling. I mean, D3, maybe bowl- no D three is not that difficult, and it's no slander. I'm not. I'm not Whoa. saying I'd be a star. Whoa. I'm not saying I'd be a star. I'm not saying I'd be a star. But I mean, I have I have buddies who play. God, this is going to sound so annoying. Um, I'm not. I'm not some great athlete, but I have buddies who were who were on Division three basketball teams. And I beat him, I'll beat him in one on one, and I mean they'll beat me, but I like you know like you can go you go back you go back and forth. This is not, I mean they're they're my size, six foot one seventy. What up, Matt Jong? You know I got you. You know I can beat you, um, uh, and so like, like and he was just some like no not no nothing at Kalamazoo. You know what I mean? And uh, and this is one of my best friends. He's and he he's way better shooter than me and like his fundamentals. But you can play it like now if you're bigger and more athletic, like you you can play a division three sport but but not start but like you could be on the team all right well if you insist <laughs> no, i may, may maybe i'm crazy maybe put a highlight uh, put a highlight reel together or something and i have the problem the problem is i have no highlight reel this to- is all to- this is this is all in in my in my mind tony um, is like uncle rico from uh, <laughs> napoleon dynamite exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly i but i mean i, I admire the confidence you, so you don't you don't think you could you could be like I mean I've like I've just like a, just blend in on a D three team like like ride the like ride the bench and play I mean, I mean like, I'm a pre, I'm I could a, go be a, a I could decent. go be a second baseman for I could go play second base for Kalamazoo College baseball I mean no, I'll, I I'll hit I hit about I hit about a buck twenty five but uh but but I mean I'll, I will I will get I will play you some defense I I, I, I that I'm confident about I I mean. You need, uh, you're down. You're down twenty. You need three. You need three minutes off the bench at a combo guard spot. I'll go over two. <laughs> I'll, I'll fill some minutes. That's, that's that's all I'm saying. I mean, if and you're I, talking like Stephen Izzo qualifications, then then yeah. I, I mean, mean, anybody anybody can better go. than Stephen. Anybody Izzo. can literally walk onto the floor. Yeah, but I I mean, you could play two or three minutes and and just blend in. Like a, like a DB, like a, like a, a defensive back. Defensive oh back. no way! Not football. I would. I mean, there's yeah, two. That, that would be the players. that would be the worst. That would be the worst one. I get cooked. I get cooked in football. But, but <laughs> yeah. baseball, they'd be basketball. like, "Hey, see that guy? That thirty year old dude over there standing hasn't played uh, football." What if we did that? Like, should we here? We can do a combine because that that'll help us transition. Will <laughs> are you going to be the Rich we'll, Eisen? We. I would I would love to participate, but like a media combine, like not benching two twenty five, like one eighty five, right? Like. 
bring it down, right? Maybe not a 40-yard dash. Maybe let's, let's run 30 yards. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, you could do the full 40. You it's a very thin 40. line between being Rich Eisen and being Darren Ravel. Have you seen the clips of Darren Ravel running the 40? It's just, it's just, it's just, it's, Rich it's Eisen's like, like that's funny. Used... Darren Ravel like he... is like, oh, God. Hey, yeah, have you ever used your legs before? Like, do you know how to walk? <laughs> do you know how to move? What if you were getting chased? <laughs> like, um, but all right, all right. That's, an, that's enough. Hopefully... I hope that all came off facetious. I do not think I'm actually an athlete. Um, but these guys are uh, 18 players uh, in- invited to the NFL Combine. Um, all mostly expected to participate. Zach Zinter, uh, unclear. Uh, maybe he'll bench a little bit. I'm not sure. Reiner will both be down there in Indy. Uh, and, and we'll have a few days. I think we really got to do St. Elmo's this time. Because the problem when we've gone these last couple of years is it's so quick on that. On, on, on the bit on the Big Ten championship turnaround. That's yes, why that's yes, what that's what we're yeah. talking about, right? We're not talking yeah. about uh JJ McCarthy in top ten and if he should be there or not. We're talking about uh, our food. Okay. No. Uh JJ. Um I think I think he's he's get he's getting the ball as we lead into Combine Week, Reiner. JJ's kind of understandably getting the buzz. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Again, you know, that's always seems to what, ha- what 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 happens during these combine periods uh, or the pre-draft process. I mean, you know, a name gets thrown out there, and then it just gains traction, and there's more and more people uh, watching it. I mean, you, you got a lot of these draft nick people that work for all these crazy websites that you never heard of that suddenly start watching, uh, you know, tape of them, and then declaring that this guy's a first rounder and then i don't know if it's just this kind of consensus opinion forms but it seems like you know somebody talks to somebody else or they're leaking something and then you know they slowly move up and and uh you know people are all of a sudden you know enamored with this with this prospect and jj mccarthy seems to be that guy this year you know the same thing with like anthony richardson like last year uh you know and so like uh uh so jj mccarthy you know, does look like he's an intriguing guy, especially because, I mean, he's a person that both has production, but also this like fascination. Well, what happens if he was in actually in an offense that threw the ball? And so there's that element too. It's like, you know, what, what, what's the, what's the ceiling for this guy? Uh, we know that the floor is probably very high, you know, just based off of what he did at Michigan. I mean, is the ceiling, it's it's you so know, weird, high. right? I mean, I think people are hesitant to call him like that. Feel right? It's like like how good is he? Is he good because of the environment? I mean, the phrase for that is system quarterback, but yeah. you don't see system quarterbacks who a can run a five, a four, five, forty, or or maybe faster. We'll see what he's clocked at. B have some of the natural arm strength that he does. I mean, he can make yeah. hash mark mm-hmm. to sideline to sideline throws, and just. Uh, I mean, I mean, not. I mean, being a leader is, is is sort of that, but like they don't often have just led a team to a national championship, right? Like he has, he's done so many things and has so many of the of the physical attributes. Yet then he he and he and he'll do all those things. But what these game managers also don't have often, and the reason you like them is that wait, what did you just do? Like that, that, that enigma mentality and JJ McCarthy, if there is a knock, that is it for JJ. Sure. Uh, uh, Just about once a game, if not more, it's like, there's no like, and, and at college he was able to get away. He was able to get away with it a a number of times, but plenty of times he was not. 
Uh, and that was when he was insulated and when he was playing against people he was better than uh, and not throwing the ball frequently, right? Like, what happens when all those things are heightened? Also, I mean, his, you know, performance did drop off towards the end of the season. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, people said it was because of injury or whatever. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, they uh, they were, they you know, it, it, it did decline during that final stretch of the season. I mean, he obviously he threw was it great the, against Alabama. He yeah. Was yeah. He, he, was, he was, he was, he was good. I would say really good. I wouldn't say great. I mean, there was some, there was some, you know, again, great moments. He had great, he had great moments. moments. Yes. I, wouldn't I mean, that, say, I mean, that drive, that drive, I, I, I won't. Right. But I mean, I one, one of the, right. I mean, that was a well-constructed drive. I mean, you know, again, some of it was, you know, sheer play calling though. I mean, the Blake Quorum being wide open yeah, in the flat. Time. I mean, that was like a, that was, you know, and then there was also the kind of, somewhat serendipitous luck of the tip pass to Roman Wilson. Uh, that was also a great catch by Roman Wilson. I mean, there were a lot of things that had to happen for that drive to even happen, but no, your point still stands. I mean, he played well against Alabama, you know, rose up at the, at the crucial time, but then you have the, you know, the only t- the game against Penn state where the pass protection broke down and they decided to run it 32 times and JJ McCarthy threw the ball only eight times in that game. And that's a big game. And you have your own, your quarterback only throwing it eight times, and so there's going to be a lot of talk about him. I think there's there's going to be very polarizing, and that's part of the fascination around him, which is why I think there's also a lot of pre-draft buzz around him because he's probably the most polarizing quarterback prospect out there right now. All right, ne- um, after that last question, not named JJ McCarthy, which. Michigan football player will we be talking about I guess we have one more we'll be we'll record this this time next week and we'll, we'll both be down in Indy but I guess so maybe two episodes from now or maybe about this time next week who is going to be generating that buzz and who is going to be flying up the boards I got I got I got my pick I have a feeling Roman Wilson's gonna probably test out pretty well there you know I, I I don't know I just have a feeling I mean he played really well at this senior bowl and so I think there's already some buzz about him now but I could see him kind of moving up in that regard. I mean, and, and I think, you know, he, he is a player that uh, should be intriguing to a lot of NFL teams, given the fact that he is a good route runner, uh, is very dedicated, and I think could be in the league for quite a while. Yep, I expect him to test well. And while I don't think this guy will – I mean, he's, he's – this, this next – I mean, also, similar similar size, not going not gonna to wow you um, with their physical stature, Mikey Sanderstall. Um, the more teams get to be around this guy, right? Um, well, I think he'll interview extremely well. That's I don't what, know. That's what I, 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, and, and that's all part. That's all part of it. Yeah. I'm saying, yeah. who at this time next week? Who are we going to be saying? Oh, you know that guy? It's it's Mike. It's Mike. It's Mikey for sure. Um, well, I don't know, but I, I don't. Know. Hold in, I think yeah. I'll hold his own in the in the in the measurables. He, I mean, you see, him, I hope blow people up. I bet I bet he can get enough. I mean, the bench isn't that important. Hit, for him, it's going to be the the cone. And the and the forty. I mean, he's he like like the shot like the shuttle and the forty. Yeah, I, th- I think he needs to he needs to put up good numbers, and he could be where where what is the highest you could see Mikey Sanders still getting picked? I could see him being a late second, early third. I mean, you I know, somewhere in that range. I could see yeah. him. I could see him early day two pick. Yeah, and 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 you, and you know, just like JJ is gonna is gonna. Uh, test off the charts when you talk when you talk to him and here's another here's another when you talk about just just everything uh chris jenkins 
be ready. Yeah, for, get, yeah. I would say get, get ready for a very big week from Chris Jenkins if he because he did not have the season uh, that anyone anyone thought he was going to have. Um, but he's a great guy. Uh, like that, the enthusiasm. I mean, I mean, those three, right? I mean, and I, those are always the examples of people who who Jim Harbaugh used as as long time. Uh, they're all gonna they're all gonna interview extremely well, uh, they, and and they're all great great football yeah. players. I, yeah. I would look for, I would look for for Chris to to also have a big week. Um, all right, I gotta go get my haircut. That's why I was wearing a hat all episode. Um, Andrew, do you have a haircut, or you just like your hat? Uh, not soon enough. I need a haircut. I just, uh, do you guys ever just get a really bad haircut where it's like you go to the same person every time and one of them, you're just like, this one sucked. That, that was um, this, that was this round for me. So I've been a lot of hats lately. Don't, don't put that energy out before I'm, I'm, it's, <laughs> it's you put that evil on me Tony, right Tony you seem to get your haircut pretty regularly. Like once a month. you seem to be like a, okay. Once, okay. once a month. Just, okay. uh, cause the last time I did pretty it regular. was, uh, before I left for a wedding, uh, I left for that wedding on January 17th. So I think it was like January 16th, February 21st. So a little over a month. Okay. Is that, That's not thought, bad. I yeah, do six I thought, weeks and I think I need to move it down to five. I don't know why. But I, I, yeah, I used to. I used to. It, what I found is that last week, like, I mean, I, I so often dislike how I look. And that last week was just so bad. I'm like, I, I'm just going to move this up. Like, we're, we're not going to get to this point of, of, of hating looking in the mirror. Uh, wonderful. Thanks, everybody. Um, so thank you to uh, Editor-in-Chief <laughs> Nicole Avery Nichols, uh, Executive Editor Anjanette Delgado, Sports Editor Kirkland Crawford, Audio Engineer Robin Chan, uh, Andrew and Reiner. Um, if you are still here and you have not rated, reviewed, and subscribed, that's kind of curious because you're doing a great job supporting us. We really <laughs> appreciate you listening to all of us. Just do the last part and, uh, and hit those buttons. So next time we talk to you, uh, we'll be in Indy. Uh, Reiner will have shrimp cocktail and we'll all be uh, even warmer and happier. So be well until then. See ya. <laughs>